The researchers also couldn't find any websites that provided information on how to implement timeout according to research. This is a huge problem since research also finds that 85% of parents do not implement timeout correctly. Hi everyone, I'm Dr. Kara Goodwin and welcome to the Parenting Translator Newsletter. This newsletter is a bonus newsletter following after the previous newsletter this week on timeout. And in this previous newsletter, I reviewed the research on timeout in detail and provided answers to important questions, including whether timeout actually improves behavior, whether it harms children emotionally, how it impacts the parent-child attachment, and whether you should consider time in instead. You can read the full newsletter at parentingtranslator.substack.com or listen to the full newsletter in your podcast app. As I explained in this previous newsletter, every family has to decide for themselves whether they will use timeout, and only you as a parent know what is right for your child and your family. However, I also think that it is important that families who do want to try timeout know how to use timeout effectively, according to the research, that is. So research finds that most websites on timeout, 75%, contain contradictory information. The researchers also couldn't find any websites that provided information on how to implement timeout according to research. This is a huge problem since research also finds that 85% of parents do not implement timeout correctly. If you do choose to use timeout, research provides the following guidance to make timeout more effective and as positive as possible for you and your child. One, provide a fun, engaging environment for your child most of the time. Research suggests that timeout only works when children experience a lot of positive attention, interactions with their parents, and fun activities during the time they are not in timeout. Otherwise, timeout won't be significantly different than the rest of their day. During the time that your child is not in timeout, you should be validating their emotions, providing empathy, teaching children appropriate behavior, giving positive attention to your child, and praising the positive opposite behavior. For example, saying, I love how you are sharing with your brother every time you see sharing rather than only noticing when they don't share. These strategies will help to teach children important skills and prevent the behaviors that might lead to timeout. Two, before starting to use timeout, choose one or two behaviors ahead of time and explain to your child that these behaviors will result in timeout. Possible behaviors to target could include hitting or other forms of aggression, not listening to important directions, throwing items or sibling fighting. Explain to your child exactly what timeout means. So you could say something like, you'll walk over to this chair here and stay seated for just a few minutes to take a little break. Then explain what is expected of them in timeout. You will sit here and try to calm down. You can use the deep breathing that we practiced if you want to and explain when it will be over. After a few minutes, when you are calm, I will tell you that timeout is over and you can come back over here and play with me. When possible, give the child a brief and calm warning before timeout happens. So for example, if you push your brother again, you will need to go to timeout. Research finds that giving children a warning may reduce the number of timeouts that you need to give your child. If your child does not listen to the warning, calmly tell them the reason and ask them to go to timeout. 
For example, you pushed your brother, please go to timeout. Research finds that children were less disruptive during timeout when they were given a reason. Do not lecture, scold, or shame them in any way. Do not shame them or tell them to think about what they did while in timeout. Timeout should be boring, but not unsafe or scary in any way. Timeout should be in a corner or a chair in the same room or nearby. For younger children or children with more separation anxiety, you may want them in the same room as you. While your child is in timeout, do not talk to them or provide access to any activities like TV, books, music, games. And physically placing the child in timeout should only be done if verbally asking the child to go to timeout does not work. Calmly return the child to timeout if they try to leave as many times as needed. Timeout should also be short, two to five minutes depending upon developmental level. There's no evidence that longer timeouts are more effective. Parents, not the child, determine when timeout is over, and it usually only occurs when the child is calm and quiet. Research finds that when parents use this approach, timeout is more effective. If the child was sent to timeout for not following parents' directions, the parent needs to repeat the directions after timeout, so timeout doesn't simply become a way of avoiding parent instruction. When the child follows the instruction after timeout, parents should praise and give them positive attention. When timeout is over, move on and do not lecture or shame your child. Instead, try to find the next positive thing your child does and praise any positive behavior you see enthusiastically. Children may learn what not to do from timeout, but they don't really learn what to do. So therefore, it's really important that parents praise and give a lot of a positive attention to the behaviors they are trying to encourage. Like, I noticed you shared your truck with your brother. Thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode of the Parenting Translator newsletter and tune in later next week for more research back tips for parents. Parenting Translator is a nonprofit organization, so all of these podcasts and the information they provide are given to you for free. If you would like to support our work, please subscribe to this podcast and rate and review it. Thank you so much.